0: Have you always wanted to become the king of your backyard barbecue or compete in the pro circuit? but don't know where to start.
1: Fire up the pit and join us, barbecue fanatics and newbie competitors on the pro circuit as we share tips, tricks, timelines, and techniques. Plus, we'll share some of our sauce and rub recipes all in under 30 minutes. So you can start taking action on your barbecue dreams.
0: We are excited to have you join us as we venture unafraid into the world of competitive barbecue.
1: My name is Kurt.
0: And my name is Kevin. This, this is, is Barbecue for, for Newbies.
1: Newbies. All righty. Welcome in to the Barbecue for Newbies podcast. Today, we're welcoming in to the studio, Mr. Bobby Gay with Hoco Barbecue Outlaws. Bobby comes to us out of Gainesville, Florida. Bobby, how you doing?
0: Hey, I'm doing great, Kurt. Man, glad to be on the show, and uh, thankful for the opportunity to talk with you.
1: Awesome. So, for our listeners, uh, I had the chance to connect with Bobby a few weeks ago, actually, at the Vienna, Georgia competition, and uh, he reached out and said, "Hey, let's let's get on the show and let's talk about all things barbecue." So that's what we love. Um, let's start with journey. So, let's talk about your journey, Bobby. I think journey and 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 telling a story is really important. Give, give our listeners just a little bit of insight into your journey into barbecue and, and competitive barbecue.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Well, I think my story in barbecue starts the uh, the same, you know, painting the picture of, uh, you know, cooking steaks with my dad and, you know, steaks, ribs, you know, chicken on a gas grill, um, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. And then from there, you know, it was a, a love of local barbecue in Macon, Georgia. Uh, There's really two famous barbecue places. There's a few others, but two famous ones, and those are Finters and Tuckers, and they've been around since the, uh, you know, 30s and 40s. Everybody goes there, and that's where my love and affinity for barbecue began. Expanding on from there, uh, in my early 20s, I worked for a petrochemical and environmental service company uh, called Safety Clean, and I had the opportunity to go to Texas. And that's where I first was introduced to brisket. In Central Georgia, you know, back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, nobody was really cooking brisket. So I had that, and uh, I, I really wanted to duplicate, you know, cooking the brisket what I had in Texas. So that kind of leads us to uh, you know our first disaster in barbecue, which is a a pretty funny story. So uh, I'm in my early 20s. I just bought my house. And we had these, uh, parties at my house for, uh, UFC. If you're familiar with ultimate fighting championship, oh, yeah. we would have parties with those and, you know, football games, you know, college football games on Saturdays. And, you know, we would do hot hamburgers and hot dogs. Well, I wanted to be a big dog and cook a brisket. Everybody was excited. The only problem was I had a gas grill. So you can see where this is uh, about to turn sour. Yeah. So, uh, so I go to my local Piggly Wiggly, and of course nobody has brisket. No, no Kroger has brisket. I think you know, Publix didn't have them. They had corned beef brisket, but nobody had them. So I knew the butcher at Piggly Wiggly, and uh, he ordered me one. And I, you know, when I got done trimming the thing, it looked like Edward Scissorhands, you know, you know, trimmed the brisket out. <laughs> so you know, I'm all excited. I'm, you know, I'm putting salt and pepper on this thing. It's going to be great. I have about twenty people coming over to watch a uh you know, a, a fight on TV. And uh here we are about to start cooking the brisket on a gas grill. So I did have the uh the common sense to uh to put it on one side. I had a cold side and a hot side, and everything was going perfect for about fifteen minutes. And that's when it went downhill. That's when that fat started rendering out and uh, caught fire engulfed the entire gas grill and started to uh come close to burning my house down so uh i learned real quick that i did not have the proper equipment to cook a brisket that's when i ventured out into uh you know getting into stick burners i got the whole you know the whole you know one hundred dollar Brinkman stick burner that you find at sears or home depot and uh that started my journey on uh cooking barbecue every weekend
1: now, do you still cook with a, a stick burner at the competitions, or are you using something else? Well, we
0: yeah, I definitely have a fleet of smokers, so right. uh, <laughs> I think everybody that that gets into this uh, eventually winds up with a fleet. So I have an Assassin thirty two gravity fed, and I use those for competition some. So I have a uh, when we first started, I had a Backwoods Party, and two Assassin thirty six hybrid smoker grills. And that's what we uh we started off with. Since then, you know, I've added uh you know PK for steaks and that kind of thing. But I also have a Bubble Grills two fifty R, you know, like a five by ten uh, stick burner on a trailer. I'll split doing competitions with a stick burner and I'll do some with a gravity fed now.
1: So tell me this and, and for our listeners, you know, a stick burner for those that don't know is Think of literally throwing in logs into a firebox. By hand, that's a stick burner. Gravity feed is a little bit more hands-off. And for those that like to get their sleep, you know they might lean more towards the gravity feed. But in your eyes, Bobby, what, which one do you like the best? What's your favorite cooker to, to cook on? You know,
0: I would always, prior to me picking up this uh, bubble grill last year, I would always say, man, I love gravity feeds. I love them. They're easy to use. They're easy on the eyes, uh, not easy on the wallet, but uh, they're going to last a lifetime. And I knew, you know, living in Georgia, some of the best pit makers in the world are right there in Georgia. I mean, you have, uh, you know, you have Stumps, you have assassins, you know, you have uh, Deep South up in Atlanta. Um, you have some of the best Gravity feds simply made right then and there. So I knew I couldn't go wrong no matter which one I had. But then you know, Lonnie Smith. In uh, in Haddock, and he's a fantastic pit maker himself. And uh, you know that's where Uh, yeah, I, kept, I picked up that uh, stick burner, and now I'm kind of partial to it. I really like the uh, the flavor and the texture that you get off of a uh, stick burner.
1: Yes, and that's interesting because you know you're 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 right. You mentioned earlier on you go through this journey and you end up getting a fleet of of smokers, and that's kind of where we are at this point. You know, I'm considering a, maybe a stick burner. Who knows, right? Like you said earlier, sometimes, you know, it's not, some of these smokers are not very easy on the wallet. In fact, the the good ones or the great ones aren't, you know, you're paying, you're paying for quality. So if I'm a, you know, if I'm a, if I'm listening to the show and I'm saying to myself, okay, you know, I want to really get into competitive barbecue. And I know there's, I know there's probably hundreds of different opinions, but in your mind, if you were going to start in competitive barbecue, what, what would you buy? You know, what, and assume it. now we're assuming something reasonably priced, right? Um, sure. What, what would you say, what would you be your recommendation to somebody that's looking to get into the competitive barbecue landscape?
0: I would start off with, you know, when you jump into competition barbecue, it's almost like you're the Beverly Hillbillies. When you first roll into a contest, you're going to have so much stuff that you bring. And then over time, you know, we've been in competition for a few years, but, We've only cooked probably 10 or 12 contests. We're leaning that out. We want to bring as, you know, the least amount possible to a contest. So uh, one of the favorite contests I have is the Jimmy Jam in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. You know It's a long ways away from where I was living at the time in middle Georgia. So I brought the stick burner, which is on a trailer, and I had a half a pickup truck full of stuff I brought. with. I made it as easy as I possibly could. That's probably the route I would go. I would start off probably getting a gravity fed, see what fits your cooking style. So I'm using a stick burner, but I'm cooking hot and fast on them. So most people, you know, run stick burners low and slow, which I'm kind of the opposite with a gravity fed. I'm running low and slow on a gravity fed. So uh, that entire cook, which is a, uh, a Florida Barbecue Association-based contest, you know, you're cooking four meats, pork brisket chicken and uh, ribs i took that entire contest in seven hours everything wow so and that's really what it boils down to is you know your cooking style and uh you know what fits your taste and what fits your uh budget so for me i probably start off with a gravity fed and then kind of graduate into a stick burner or you know really try to fit it to your cooking style and what you want to accomplish in uh in barbecue i know i'm you know, with John and I, you know, John Holland, my partner on the team, and Jim Horn, you know, we have really crazy schedules. So uh, you know, we're trying to fit, you know, our cooking style to almost fit our schedule, you know, when we're not competing. So, you know, that's why I went with a stick burner and cooking hot and fast.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I I've gotten a lot of questions recently about time management, how to balance, you know, work, life, family obligations. What would you say? How do you balance all of this?
0: Um, it's really hard. Yeah, we were uh, To give you an idea, this season we've cut three contests. Our schedule has been nuts. So you know, we were selling the house. We were moving here. So uh, I was finishing remodeling my house before I sold it. So uh, we had so much going on. So to barbecue and compete, it almost had to be hot and fast because I simply just didn't have the, the time, the energy to do it low and slow so that just worked for our particular lifestyle right now, you know, doing what we're doing. So, you know, you can, you know, you hear people say cooking a brisket takes 20 hours or something crazy like that. It, you know, you can, if you, if you want it to, if you want to cook a brisket uh, you know, over 15 hours or whatever, absolutely you can, but you can also cook one in five hours.
1: That's right. And it seems like, it seems like the trend is going more towards the hot and fast. You know, I was talking to um, actually Chef, Chef Greg over at uh, RecTech, who a lot of people think we're related. We have the same last name, but we're not related. But we were just chatting about that, you know, that idea of, of cooking hot and fast, which is, I think, I could be wrong because I'm new to the competitive circuit, but I, I think that's rel- a relatively new thing. You know, especially like I know in a lot of these KCBS style events, you're going to see the drum smokers. You know where they're running them at 350, maybe 400 degrees, which is kind of going against a lot of the old school ways of the low and slow, right?
0: Yep, definitely is. I know. uh, You know, the contest I did at the uh, at Jimmy Jam in Jacksonville, I cooked everything between 300 and 325. Uh, Before the brisket, I did bump it up for the first 30 minutes. I did run it around 375 to 400 to so, you know really plump that brisket up. So. When you're cooking hot and fast, you really you want that brisket to swell up. And the only way to really do that in my opinion is to uh run that temp up and it kind of blows up like a balloon. Like it, we're talking about flat, you know, brisket flat. Right. Um you know, points are points, but you know, when you uh you crank that heat to that brisket early on just for the first thirty minutes or so, um it really puts a sizzle on that uh on that fat. And that's uh that's really what I'm looking for and paid dividends I and mean, that was a that was a pretty uh you know big contest with a lot of good teams and you know I pulled the six uh you know, brisket so it, you know that, that theory worked and uh same thing with the pork yeah you know, put a uh it put a sizzle you know on the pork and uh yeah everything turned out all right the biggest thing you know for me cooking hot and fast is you got to do you got to break a cardinal rule of barbecue you know you have to keep your eyes on the meat. Right. So every uh, 30, 45 minutes, I'm opening the lid long enough to get a quick peek inside and uh, make sure that uh, you know, my rubs are not burning and uh, the meat's in uh, good shape and I'm you know, misting it down and uh, keeping it moist and making sure that you know, we don't have any burnt spots.
1: So let's camp out on brisket for a little while because I know you, you told a pretty entertaining story earlier in the show and, and it seems like brisket is intimidating for a lot of people. I'm sure some of that has to do with it's a big piece of meat, which means, you know, it, it can cost a chunk of change. But what, why do you think it, it's so intimidating to some people?
0: Well, um, definitely the uh, financial loss that could be incurred by you know, right. by messing it up. But, uh, you know, make it less intimidating. You can do that. To make it less intimidating, separate the, uh, the point in the flat. Right. You know, make it a smaller cut. You know, it doesn't have to be this uh, – 15 to 20 pound hunk of meat you can separate the two out and uh make it smaller so if you can cook a roast you can cook a brisket so you know if you're making sunday dinner and you you know, pop a roast in the oven you can do the same thing with a brisket on the smoker
1: that's exactly right i mean you you know i think um, uh robbie royal said it best he says you know keep it simple stupid right uh don't don't overcomplicate it To your point, I mean, it is a big piece of meat, you know, like you've got that chance of of a financial loss too. Um, And it's funny because I talked to some guys that are older than me. So I'm 38. I talked to some guys that are, you know, 20 years older than me. And they tell me about a time when, you know, brisket was, nobody was cooking it. It was just kind of an afterthought. And, you know, now it's, it seems like it's grown in, in popularity you know, over the years, for for whatever reason, but yeah, it's it it can be somewhat intimidating. But I love your attitude about just breaking it down and just cooking it like you would a roast. That makes a that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think the thing that really changed my mind on uh, cooking brisket because I was after I you know literally blew that one up you know early on in my twenties, I was scared of. It. And uh, I had a buddy of mine that lived in San Antonio. And I went out there, and they have a, a grocery store called ATB. And I went in there and bought a uh, probably a 22-pound brisket for about 30 bucks. And, uh, and it, the crazy thing is, you know, you're in the middle of South Texas, and uh, the meat quality there was so much better than what we were getting in Georgia at the time. And uh, I guess you know, grocery stamps, uh grocery store carrying, you know, probably. You know, bottom third choice, and uh, you know, select and that kind of thing. Down there, it was like cab everything, and it was cheap. So, uh, you know, I cooked one down in Texas, and this is probably ten years after I blew that one up in my twenties. After I did that, I really wasn't intimidated, intimidated at all after that. So, it kind of broke that, uh, you know, that cycle of, uh, man, staying away from brisket. I'm kind of scared of it. Yeah, we're cooking two hundred dollar wagyu briskets now, like it's nothing. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's crazy.
1: Now, do you now? Speaking of the the wagyu's, are you a, are you an A nine fan, or are you more of a Snake River fan?
0: Uh, definitely using Snake River for now. Um, I haven't got my hands on an A nine. I've eaten one, eaten some samplings of one, but uh, I think that's my next thing. i will jump on an A nine. I heard they're, uh, you know, you're not paying for fat, but you know, once again. Yeah, I've cooked uh, Snake River Farms black. You know, usually go for the bigger ones, around 20 pounds plus. You know, I've had pretty good success with them.
1: And, and for our for our listeners, just to give you an idea, so an, an A9 is a, is a Australian, if I remember correctly, an Australian uh, Wagyu, whereas the Snake River, I believe, comes out of the West Coast, uh, Northwest somewhere. And and you'll see a lot of that. You'll see a lot of you know the A9s or the Snake Rivers in the competition circuit you're probably not going to cook that at home, although you could Um, most, you know, here's a good question. You, do you practice, do you practice at home? Do you, you know, go, go to Kroger or go to, you know, Walmart and get the, get the 4.99 a pound choice and practice, or you just, or you just wing it and just go right to the comp?
0: Well, generally speaking, I would say, you know, you always practice with what you're using in the contest, but then again, and times are hard, right? So you, you you just don't want to spend that kind of money. I mean, nobody has an expendable amount of money to do that all the time. So uh, one thing I, I found a cheat. I found a cheat code, like you're playing a video game, right? So one of the things that we do now is we take wagyu beef fat, which is uh, you know, readily available, you know, from Amazon or or different venues. You can literally take a you know a cab, which is certified Angus beef. Or a uh, you know upper two thirds choice brisket at Walmart, you can turn that into a semi wagyu by using beef fat. And the way that I've done it is, uh, you take that uh, that beef fat is kind of like Crisco. You got to melt it down. I get it to around 100 degrees, and while my brisket is cooking, once that beef fat gets to 100 around 100 degrees, I'll take an injector and inject that beef fat into that cheaper brisket, and it just makes it taste better. Doesn't take a lot of beef fat to do. It's probably, you know, a cup or two, you know, melt it down and you just made your brisket a whole lot better.
1: That's, there it is right there. That's a brisket life hack 101. You know, an easy, easy, inexpensive way to turn a choice or maybe even a select into uh, somewhat of a Wagyu. So you you've heard it right here. All right. So let's talk about... You know the backyard. You know, for listeners that are that are sitting here going, "Hey, you know, I don't want to compete, but I just want to learn how to cook a brisket. I want to learn how to cook it the right way." Let's talk about rubs. Do you have any good simple rub recipes? Not competition, of course, but do you have any good simple rub recipes uh, for folks sitting at home that that they could do in their backyard? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. If we're sticking with brisket, you know, everybody says salt and pepper, right? So. If you take Lowry seasoning salt, yeah, you always know, always hear that Texas thing is, uh, you know, salt and pepper. Well, I guess they tell telling the you know halfway truth there. So it's uh, Lowry seasoning salt and black pepper and garlic powder. Mix those up. There you have it. You have a, a world class barbecue rub, and it's uh it's as simple as going to your local grocery store and picking up. Lowry seasoning, salt, black pepper, and garlic powder, uh, garlic powder.
1: I love that. You and you can get that anywhere. You can get that at Walmart, Food Lion, you name it. Well, let's stay on that trend then. You know, let's talk about let's talk about a good at home simple recipe for chicken.
0: Well, uh, one of my things I like to do is, uh, you know, we talk we'll talk a rub and a sauce for this one. So it's funny, my wife is from Gainesville, and we like I said we just moved down here, but I'm from Middle Georgia. And uh, a lot of middle Georgians love chicken quarters. And my wife looked at me; she didn't know what a chicken quarter was. So I said, "Look, you know, there's a, there is a thing called chicken quarters." So uh, we went to uh, the grocery store, and I grabbed some. And uh, the rub I used was basically a homemade rub at that time, you because know, I wasn't in you know competing at that time. So uh, you know, same thing, similar. It's, uh, uh I took a Cajun spice like Old Bay. I do think it was Old Bay. I think it was like a Thor brand Old Bay knockoff. Uh, so I took you know, Old Bay, some brown sugar to sweeten it up, kind of balance it out. And uh, then from there, I took some old, I used to like Hunt's barbecue sauce. I hated Sweet Baby Ray's, but still to this day, I can't stand it for whatever reason. It's not bad sauce. I just don't like it. So uh, Hunt's thick, I think it's the thick barbecue sauce. And then I put some like apricot gel into it and uh, kind of, you know, the sweet, sweet heat chicken type deals. Good.
1: All right. So let's run through that real quick then. So you've got the, you've got the, um, you got the, you said the hunts barbecue sauce, right? You've got the, uh, and what was the spice? I missed that.
0: Yeah. It was like old bay seasoning. That's right. A little bit of brown sugar over top of it.
1: So old bay brown sugar, a little bit of hunts, uh, barbecue sauce. And then you said some, uh, I believe it was like some, was it pepper jelly?
0: Yeah, yeah, like some, yeah, like apricot pepper jelly or grape jelly, you know, some kind of jelly or preserves into the barbecue sauce that I would put. Yeah, that was good. You know, you cook your chicken, obviously you're, I didn't know anything about wrapping back then, but yeah, that's what I used to do, something like knock off Cajun seasoning and then a little bit of brown sugar on top of it to kind of balance it, you know, roll with, you know, the hunts and the, uh, you know, jelly preserves, you know, type deal and uh yeah it works well.
1: I love that. I yeah, I've noticed I noticed that South Georgia because I'm up in the uh Augusta, Georgia area. I've noticed in south that South Georgia area, you know, it's that sweet heat that a lot of folks are well, at least on the competition side, you know, the judges are looking for that that sweet with a little bit of bite on it. All right, let's talk about pork then. You know, we we hit brisket, we hit chicken for the backyard guys, for the folks that just want to be able to cook a butt and make make a good, you know, make some good pulled pork at the house. Do you have a good simple recipe for them? Yeah, absolutely. So
0: uh, same thing, get a salt and pepper base. Paprika is always good. A little bit of, uh, get turbinado sugar. If you're going to make your own rugs, turbinado sugar seems to work better than brown sugar. Number one, from a clumping standpoint, but turbinado sugar has a higher, I want to say flash point, but it burns at a greater temperature in comparison with brown sugar right so you know if you have a higher tip you're running turbinado sugar just seems to work a whole lot better than brown sugar and it's readily available it's called sugar in the raw if you've never heard of turbinado yeah turbinado sugar and uh you know salt pepper turbinado paprika you gotta have that that's right and uh you know a little bit of garlic powder goes you know goes a long way too so uh definitely like that you know that south georgia kick on it so if you put some jalapeno powder or something like that fine that's all that's a good thing spice it up a little bit um, that's exactly right and then uh yeah you know inject it with uh if you're cooking in the back you know in the backyard injecting with apple juice or you know white grape jelly is uh or white grape juice uh is always a uh a hit you
1: know It is. And for our listeners, you'll notice a world of difference. If you're cooking in the backyard, you got some family coming over or you're having a birthday party or something like that. If you do nothing more than just inject that butt with some apple juice or some uh, white grape juice, uh, like Bobby was talking about, and hit it with some paprika and some garlic and some of that sugar in the raw, I mean, you're going to notice a world of difference in that pork, as opposed to, you know, not not injecting it, etc. And it really doesn't take that long. I mean, it, it, it's nothing more than just you can go to Walmart, get a, a syringe for three or $4, get a bottle of apple juice, you know, and so those are some little things you can do in the backyard just to make, you know, make your barbecue that much better. And you'll see that that big difference. Now, Bobby, do you do you cook a lot at home? Do you have a lot of folks over all the time? Because you're on, you know, you're competing on the pro circuit, so I'd imagine folks are, you know, hitting you up from time to time, saying, "Hey, you'll make us some barbecue."
0: Hey, we definitely used to. Um, I did a few times this year, but you know, with the move to Gainesville, I really haven't had a whole lot of time. You know, once we get settled down here, we definitely will a lot. I
1: love it. I love it. There's just something about barbecue. It brings people to, together. It creates that community. You know, breaking bread with each other. Uh, building relationships. I, I, I love it. So, well, Hey Bobby, we'll wind down and you know, we appreciate your time for our listeners. Again, we're chatting with Bobby Gay. He's the pit master over at Hoco barbecue outlaws. Bobby's down in Gainesville, Florida. His uh, other co pit is out of Warner Robbins, Georgia. And again, Bobby, we thank you for having us on the show. Is there a place Do you have a, you have a Facebook page uh, for your barbecue team? Uh, not yet, but be able to look out soon in
0: the Gainesville, North Florida area. We'll be opening up a uh, butcher shop in the next two or three months. And uh, the name of it is going to be Sweet Meat Butcher Shop. So be on the lookout for it. We'll have all the competition, rubs, sauces, glazes, injections, you know, all your uh, steaks, everything that you would need for the backyard and on the competition circuit. You know, just be on the lookout for it. It's coming soon.
1: I love it. And we'll share that information out, too, with our listeners once that once that hits. And, again, thanks for your time, Bobby. Yes, sir. Thank you, Kurt. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to Barbecue for Newbies.
0: Share this episode with a buddy who's looking to get into barbecue.
1: And don't forget, follow us for more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.
0: And leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Talk Talk to to you next time. time.